So when we think about the YouTube title and creating something that is important to that person, when we start to get into that, the problem, their pain point, this now turns us into the psychographics of that person. We now need to understand like that we're speaking that person's language. We're addressing the problems that they are having. So the first thing that you want to do when you're crafting a clickable title, you want to speak to the viewer's problem. What is up entrepreneurs? Welcome to the video simplified podcast with me, your hostess, the mostess, Diana Gladney. This week we're talking about titles that your audience will not be able to pass up. Meaning these titles are clickable. These titles are enticing when it comes to your YouTube videos. Now, depending on what your target audience is or who they are, rather what things they're interested in and the things that are most attractive to them, that is what's going to dictate the things that they want to click on or the things that they want to avoid. When you think about a title, we usually think by the time you're becoming a creator, way too analytically about this. And in some respects you kind of have to, but when it comes to your title for YouTube, you have to learn to, when are you sitting in the chair of the creator? And when are you sitting on the other side, that person that is searching on the keyboard, the more that you can really envision who this person is, the best terminology for this is going to be, you need to understand the demographics. I think beginning creators do a really fantastic job of understanding the demographics, age, you know, where they're located and all those different things specific to that person, what ethnicity, what age group they are uh, in and things like that, how much money they make, all these different demographics. Those are great. Those are not the end all be all when it comes to the overall person. If somebody just listed you alongside, let's say your coworkers, all of you are pretty much more or less kind of the same. You may have a range of about the same amount of kids. Your range in pay may be about the same, but if you compare each individual person, all of you are different. And you probably would hate to be compared to some of them for some of the different things that you would do in your life or the things that interest you or motivate you, the things that you're detracted from and so on and so forth. So if you're only looking at the demographics of your audience, you're really missing the entire person. It can give you insight into how to address them, the things that are most important to, to them, but you really need to get into sometimes the psychographics and really understanding the person that's on the keyboard and the things that they're dealing with. If you haven't checked out the book that I highly recommend, which is um, How to Write Copy That Sells by Ray Edwards, we read that in the company. We go through the principles, everything, some of everything that we do is based around that principle. And it's the pastor framework. It's an acronym. Uh, and it just means shepherding and guiding your people. The original root word for pastoring or shepherding, um, like a shepherd and his flock and so on and so forth. But the acronym portion, pastor, the P stands for the person, the problem, and their pain point. So when you understand the demographics, you understand some of the person or you understand a little bit about them. But when you start to get into their problems, now you have to transition that into the psychographics. And it's the psychographics of how that person operates, what they value, 
what they don't value, what's important to them, what they care about, what they don't care about, what drives them, you know, their values. Those things now get into the psychographics for the individual. So it's the person, their problem and their pain point. And even if you have a category of content where you're diving into something that is, you know, it's okay. Like it's, it's uh, like, I would think business is kind of boring, but to the person that's interested in doing a work, a job, a profession or something around it, it's very much so of interest. So cooking a hamburger may be boring to one person, but feeding people, providing nourishment to them to give them energy to pursue their purposeful work in life may be what drives another person or removing hunger so that they don't have to think about food. So the, the what you put back of that individual task is what makes that valuable or not to the specific person and to who they're serving. So don't ever think like because it's not you think it's something that's not world changing, even humor and things like that have their place. So when we think about the YouTube title and creating something that is important to that person, when we start to get into that, the problem, their pain point, this now turns us into the psychographics of that person. We now need to understand like that we're speaking that person's language. We're addressing the problems that they are having. So the first thing that you want to do when you're crafting a clickable title, you want to speak to the viewer's problem. And when I say speak to their problem, you want to be clear of the viewer's desire. And what I mean by that is what do they want? What are they hoping to get by the end of it? Sometimes it can be that humorous thing or your, whether it's educational or not or entertainment, it's fine because we all will go to a specific feel good movie a specific family movie or something. And we all have very good memories of that individual show or that particular comedian, because there's a value back of that, of our want and our desire at that time, which may just be as something as simple as to laugh or to have wholesome jokes or to have good family entertainment that you don't have to worry about different social influences that may be negative in your home environment or just in your overall personal value. So you understand now you're starting to see the picture of why just the demographics alone isn't contributing to anything. It's actually more harmful when you only stay in that vein of content. So when you're crafting a title, you would think that it doesn't take all that much or just go to the YouTube search engine and figure out what they're putting and then just copy and paste. If that's all you're doing, then that's a lazy way to make a title. And sometimes it's fine, but for the most part, it probably isn't because it's not going to last you if you're planning to make content for the next five, 10 years of overall for creating a body of work or what you do. When you think about the person problem and the pain point, it reminds me of a story where I was just getting off work. And the thing that was bothering me was the windshield wiper wasn't quite clearing it off. Like it was starting to get cold. I didn't have my gloves for whatever reason. It's just like the weather had turned all of a sudden, uh, you know, I'm finding myself pulling up to like an advanced auto parts and I'm needing to really quickly figure out what are the sizes or the dimensions or what have you for my windshield wiper blades. I go in the store, obviously they can look it up and I looked it up on the phone and then I'm going in there, get them and I'm running into a problem, which is like, okay, I want to hurry up and get home before the weather continues to turn bad. I don't have gloves. It's cold. And I'm steadily watching the skies kind of get grayer. It get colder, freezing temperatures and all the rest. Well, unfortunately, 
things started to deteriorate so much so I need to figure out and go to a YouTube video and find my answer. How do I put these windshield wiper blades on? Back of maybe making that video for that mechanic, it's an everyday thing. He doesn't have to think twice about it. He or she, it's not that big of a deal. However, when you think about the problem that me, this person is having, and let's say there's a channel that's built around helping to make basic functions or basic things when it comes to your uh, specific mechanic experience, simple for easy for people to do. Now it's, now we're getting someplace. Now we're starting to like, you know, touch on some stuff that really means something to somebody. So I go into YouTube search, put in how to put on windshield wiper blades for make model my car. Up comes like a two or three minute video. I watch that video and it gets me the answer that I'm looking for. And obviously not only gets the like and the gratitude or what have you, but if there were other things that I were wanting to know, like how to remove a stain off of the cloth seats without, you know, with household products, for example, when you look at titles and things like that, that's usually more or less how people are going to find you. They're going to find themselves in a similar scenario. Maybe they uncover something in their life where your camera videos come up or your ministry videos come up or just the relationship content that you want to talk on and teach on. They've now encountered the problem that now, you know, speaks to like their values and things that they want and they start searching for a specific answer. So if your YouTube title isn't specifically diving into that, then it's not really that helpful to just go back up based off of what comes up in search because it leaves out the human element of the person and their principles and the things that matter to them. So yes, if you look at the video of just how to put on the windshield wiper blades for a simple car, it doesn't seem to be that important, but the value of that channel of me in the moment is huge because I'm in the right now version of the problem. So sometimes when you're looking at how you title your videos, you need to look at big picture instead of just that silo video, because that's a great way to lose track and lose focus of what's most important. The other thing is that when you look into the viewer's desire, you also need to consider the viewer's intent and the viewer's intent is the, why are they watching this? Yes. And initially my main thing may be to just solve the windshield wiper blade problem. But my overall desire may be to have a car that runs for the next 10 years uh, efficiently and effectively and I and become an educated car owner. Let's say if I was 20 something, which at the time I think I was and trying to figure out how to take care of my car and have good longevity, take care. It looks nice and all that. Right. Without racking up bills at the dealership. When you look at the overall principle behind what that person wants their the viewer's intent yeah maybe to initially solve that one problem but the point of creating a library of content is so that even though you solve for this one problem they can take a look at that channel and see just how much you really are caring about them and their overall existence in this area i can come here and literally probably any of the questions I have about X will be solved. This is where I talk about your content needing to be a pain reliever for your people. 
if your content is not a pain reliever for your people, then it's not really solving enough problems. It's always going to be at some point where you feel like you don't have enough content ever. Something you have to really consider is that growing a channel, having content is a progressive process. It's a progressive process because there's always going to be gaps in the where you fill in for those people and some stuff you just may not be able to help them with. Somebody's looking to host uh, a, a major event that requires a uh, 10 to 15, 20 person team from the video and stuff like that's beyond my scope of my focus. And at some point, just like understanding, like, here's where I may recommend you to that. If you're looking for that next level, here's where I would say go and being okay with that versus knowing the where you are. Cause that's also ways that you can detract from your channel overall and just become a detractor to what people want. They'll start seeing that you're posting stuff that's irrelevant to them. And it's the psychographics that really drive those things to make it seem like, you know what, this person gets me. Or you'll start to see those very, very encouraging comments that says, I've been looking for a channel like yours, or I'm so grateful I found a channel like yours. And it just brings home the point so much more. So when you think about this, it, it really, really makes a difference. And so I want you to know that like this is only one half of it. We're going to go into the other half right after we get into this week's gear fix. This week's gear fix is brought to you by Canva, C-A-N-V-A. Canva is the tool that we use that after we create our titles um, and we are going to create something that is relative to the actual video. We'll go to Canva so that we can make the thumbnails. We do have now someone on our team that is starting to make some of those thumbnails and things like that. But this is a tool that has lasted me well over five years or so, and it's only gotten better and better and better. If you are a teacher, if you're an educator, um, if you have a nonprofit, you can get a free pro account for nothing. You can get access to all of the tools that really good educated designers that understand design principles and things like that thumbnail theory to an extent you can find some really good assets and tool uh, like that so moving forward you can go ahead and go to diana.link forward slash gear fix g-e-a-r-f-i-x to get that week's latest gear fix so you can easily go there but if you want to get access to uh, an account and go ahead and try it out there's a free one forever if you want to try that specific canva account you can do so or I highly encourage you to go ahead and upgrade to the next best thing, my opinion. But if you want to check out Canva Pro account, go to diana.link forward slash gear fix. So I think when it comes to you building out your actual channels titles, and you can always go back through and update your titles. You can always go back through and update your content and things like that. You really want to be okay with understanding that at some point, your people expect you to lead them. At some point, your people expect you to lead them, which means that your content needs to be driving home a point, an overall point, if you will. And so the first half of that, like I said, is understanding the viewer's problem. When you start to get into the viewer's language, this is the second thing that becomes part of the title. And your titles kind of want to hit on both. And we'll go through a couple examples with this as well. So be clear on the viewer's language, meaning how are they searching for this? 
now, once we understand the psychographics of what's driving that person, we can kind of start to understand the principles and the things that they really care about and on and on. So we understand that overall person and what's driving them, what's pissing them off, what's going to be a pain reliever for their overall problem of that individual video and then moving on for even playlists and things like that. The language portion is key because it's the difference between your video being a home run and it hitting where it's supposed to versus it just being scroll passable. It's ignorable to an extent. The problem with this is when you look at sometimes search phrases or things like that, people think that's not good enough. That's not scientific enough or that's the wrong language for that. And people just step over it. When I was first getting into video, people were looking up a bunch of stuff and you can see in the comments of all these kind of different videos of who's um, teaching at the time. And you would see all these various questions. And sometimes I would know what my problem is, but I'm so new to the space at that time. I didn't understand what word to use or what it would be called. And so I remember specifically looking up a video, which was like how to get like a blurry background after like I noticed that. And so that's basically where I am in that moment of searching for something. I didn't know what the proper technical term was. I didn't know what the proper technical term was for a lot of stuff of what I was doing with the cameras and the videos or whatever. I just knew and I understood for the moment what I was kind of dealing with and what it kind of felt like or looked like. And I'm like, maybe at some point I'll find the right definitions or something. But there's really no place that's going to give you the definitions for like the industry and things like that. You're so you're you're searching blindly. When you understand the viewer's language, you can start to tap into this in a way that gets you clicks faster because the title is so on point and it's so interesting that even if they don't know anything about anything and they are brand new to your industry or your niece or the type of content that you make, it's attractive to them. And so when you dive into the viewer's language, you need to understand how are they searching for this? When you start to ask yourself and now take time to answer this, how are they searching for this? Now you can really start to dive into things. It takes you into like being that in that proper definition, like what's the true way to say this kind of a space versus how they're saying it. I had a client that did like accounting work. And so we're going through his video YouTube strategies and things like that. And I'm always going to ask my client after we're getting like so, so far into the sessions and things like What is it that when you are consulting with people, when you're working with your clients, what do they say? What do they actually say? Because you being the expert, no matter where you are in your space, you're the expert to a point that you understand what they're dealing with. You know, when they say it, oh, I know what you mean by when you say that. What most people that are not familiar with like the YouTube space and the culture What they'll do is they'll speak as the expert instead of speaking as the viewer. When you create this title, like my accountant client did, it's like uh, the difference between, I don't know, something to the effect of like a gross revenue, something or another versus, you know, this linear. It's just like, okay, but would they say it that way? No, they wouldn't because They may not even know those words yet. 
if they're in the process of searching, they're looking for an answer, but it doesn't mean that they're able to necessarily get the words out, get the question out in a specific way that makes it make sense to, uh, you know, anybody else. Like you have to understand where, where, be able to dissect that language. And so being able to translate from a journal, accounting journal, to when they say the big page with the list of everything or the, the whole big list, the itemized list of everything. You could say, oh yeah, you're looking at the general journal. But if you don't know how they're trying to say it and the descriptive words or language that they're doing, you're going to miss the whole point. But when you're titling your YouTube videos, you want to title these as what they would say. That doesn't mean that you can't ever use the proper professional terms that may be in your space or what have you, but it does mean lead with how they would say it more so than how you would say it. But what you can do is use suggestive themes to be able to direct them. So when you think about this accounting thing, if we're talking about the general journal versus some of the other examples in accounting or what have you, worst example I probably could have picked, but when you think about this, it's like you can show an image in the thumbnail that leads to them understanding and getting better clarity. So the title, you're only going to use about roughly 60 characters or so, like you don't need to have it uber long. But if you're thinking about like, you can't add everything possible, like you can't keyword stuff to an extent, the title so the thumbnail can use the suggestive themes to add more clarity to what the title can't say. So if you're showing for a QuickBooks accounting program, or if you're showing a specific something that they don't know what it is, you can show an image of that in the thumbnail. Trying to figure out how to work this out would be something, you know, to the effect of what the th thumbnail could say. Or confused about the general journal and showing they be like, Oh, is that what that is? They won't know otherwise. So you have to be able to educate them in a way that's not overwhelming them. And that's not to say, don't ever tell them the per proper professional term, but when they're searching for something, this is now when you put that specific phrase or a set of keywords or something like that, you need to start with, and don't go very, very long. Just like, what are the two, three, even like five maybe words of, of a phrase of how they would say it. What are some of the things that they would actually search for? And so the second part of that, like I said, is to know how to translate that language and now craft that into a title that makes sense. So when you look at your title as a whole, it needs to have both sides of it so that it speaks to the person, the problem and their pain point, but it also speaks to the language that the person that is currently in that problem and pain point scenario will be able to have a solution for. So your title needs to have both of those crafting those specifically can be a little bit of work, but you're the expert and you know how to translate for them. No different. If you knew how to speak multiple languages, Every American person at least speaks two languages, which is English and bad English. I'm, I'm positive of it. So everybody knows how to translate already, even if you don't necessarily truly speak another language. If you at least speak English, you can know how to speak proper English 
and improper English. You know it both ways. So you can translate. I remember one time with my aunt and I said something like I ain't got like it's something or another. Like I, don't, I ain't got no um, coffee left. And she's like, I ain't got really. I ain't got. I said, now, granted, I could have said I am currently out of. I no longer have or it's without it's not no longer within my possession or whatever phrasing I said. But the, the point is, you knew what I meant when I said what I when I said it. Therefore. I ain't got no more coffee. <laughs> and so we laughed about it, but I understood both sides of it. But the key is when you're crafting those specific titles for your people, would they say, I am currently out of coffee? Or would they say, I ain't got no coffee? If you love this conversation, you will love joining our Video Simplified community. Go to videosimplified.live to join. Our monthly membership program includes our micro trainings as well as our courses. Everything's baked into this monthly membership. In addition to if you want to go through and share your title, share your thumbnails, get feedback on some of your content creative ideas, and even have polls, questions, join us for our bi-weekly live streams. In addition to courses and things that we will have in this specific community, go to videosimplified.live to join.